We're on a collision course with the national championship, and the only variable is time. Because the train is rolling, so anybody out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen right now, but it's coming. Get on board, but get out the way. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince McCoco. Welcome into another episode of From the Pink Seats Podcast. We keep it moving right along here on our 2022 season in review series. Tonight, we will look at things from the player's perspective. We've got a great episode in store as we welcome in somebody who actually played football for Louisville last year, right? We've talked to, <laughs> we've talked to media, we've talked to um, former players, but now we'll talk to somebody who actually had an impact on the win-loss column and put statistics up. Uh, and that's exciting, right? I think that's really exciting. Jacob Lane, Vincent LaCoco, Matt McGavick, gentlemen, how are we this evening? I am great, brother. I'm great. Enjoying the beautiful weather outside again. Yeah, it's, it's always 70 and sunny here in Louisville. Yeah, that's it's right. Yeah. 70 and sunny. That's how it is tell, for Jake. That's what they tell about this, right? Yeah, this is what, yeah, right. This is, what, this is what we talk about beforehand. You know, it could be anything going on. Ruby throwing this, Liam running his head into the wall here. And then as soon as, you know, Jacob hits start, it's, Hey, everybody, welcome into From the Pink Seas podcast. <laughs> That's right. I'll meet you over here, Sonny. Yep. There's a phrase that you don't uh, bring your, you know, your personal life into work. So that's what we do here. We, we turn it off and we get to we get to business, right? And then when I get off of here, I'm going to, you know, eat some dinner and I will hear about what nonsense my kids cause during <laughs> our podcast here. So, you know, that's the life of, of living in a small house and there being nowhere to hide. But uh, we've got a lot to dive into tonight with Yaya Diaby, defensive lineman from Louisville, who currently is preparing for the NFL draft. After a massive season for the Louisville Cardinals this year, uh, Yaya, you know, goes into senior bowl prep uh, as the, the game will be next weekend. Uh, and then quickly we'll go to the scouting combine uh, in Matt's, uh, you know, favorite city of Indianapolis where the Colts play. Maybe he'll end up as a Colt, you know, he can find his locker they, in there and get situated. They need all the help they can get, man. Yeah. Right after they sign Jeff Saturday and draft Will Levis. I, I might take a long walk off short cliff. <laughs> if that, but <laughs> Things are just now picking up for Yaya, but uh, we were thankful to get a few minutes of his time to to reflect on the season that he had in 2022, in which he finished just yay short of the the great Sack King Award that uh, we crowned in Jacob's Sack Update this year. Uh, finishes with nine sacks on the season after a season in which he was just right there, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight on the show, but nine sacks, 37 tackles, uh, four QB hits or hurries, 13, or excuse me, 14 tackles for loss, two pass deflections. Um, you know, he was all over the place this season for Louisville. And um, he is a guy that now, because of that, has seen his stock rise and he potentially uh, could be a first, second round draft pick. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about. Is there anything before we dive in with, with Yaya that you're interested in most about learning about the 2022 season? Because there's a lot of different things that we're going to, you know, obviously dive into. Just, just the mentality of the team after that Boston College game, because I think we we all heard the stories, heard the rumors, like picked up on the vibes. Like after that game, it was it was pretty bad. And then they turn things around and have a phenomenal second half. So I, I want to know more about how that whole pro that whole week long process is from BC to Virginia. What I want to know from Yaya is, you know, that love for Mark Ivy. And, you know, I feel like we'll be able to get a good gauge on why he was retained on the staff, you know, 
I mean, I, I always tell you guys how much the D-line loves Ivy and how much I love Ivy, and I didn't even play for his ass. So I'm anxious <laughs> to hear Yaya talk on that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about players who, you know, played alongside of him, including a pretty special relationship that I think we'll get some some insight into that maybe the, the average fan or the common fan doesn't really know about on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but then we'll also obviously talk about, um, you know, how he kind of came to be this season, um, you know, and then preparing for the to learn is was there ever a point in his career where the coaches came to him and they said look man we need you off the bus first like you got to make sure you sit in the front seat um, you know where where your most menacing he did have those really cool sunglasses which i did appreciate i can't pull the square uh, Pit vipers. You know, i can't pull those off man my face is i have too big of a head and it just it looks like I'm i just look like i should be uh coaching a softball team with like <laughs> Short shorts and cussing somebody out for no reason. <laughs> I can totally see it. <laughs> yeah. But but Yaya, was were you ever approached by somebody like, dude, you got to be the guy off the bus? Because when you're talking about Yaya Diaby, six foot five, six foot six, somewhere in that range, six foot four. I'm not exactly sure what the what the listing is, but two sixty five, two seventy. Uh, this dude is built to play football, literally built to play football. I mean, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Make sure you're subscribed to the show if you're not already from the Pink Seeds podcast. We are just um, about halfway through the series here as we look back on 2022. And of course, relate everything to the upcoming 2023 season. Give us a follow on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod, at UofL Report, at the State of Lou, uh, and then us, us gentlemen here at Jacob Blaine08, at Matt underscore McGavick, and at Vincent Lococo. Let's go ahead and dive into it now. Yaya Diaby joins the show. Excited to welcome the man of the hour, Yaya Diaby, into the show for the first time from the Pink Seats Podcast. Yaya, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Man, we are, we're, we're doing, doing good, good, but we're not preparing for the NFL draft, so not as good as you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about where where you are at like right now and just getting prepared for your NFL uh, draft cycle over the next couple of weeks. Uh, right now I'm in um, Fort Lauderdale. I'm training at um, the Bomberito Performance Center, and it's been very amazing. Like, I just... I just love love the training and how I'm getting better and they trying to get me to get cut up and stuff. So I, I'm getting <laughs> used to I'm getting used to eating eating lean, more lean and it's it just new. Cut up, bro. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't get it. You're wearing a cutoff right now. So our for for your, you know, just so you know, we don't post our video so people don't get to see i mean you have a clear shoulder definition line i don't know how more cut up you can be so uh you know what, what just, kind of stuff they got you putting in your body and everything i mean like I, are i'm you just under- eating like lean food like um more um stuff like um grilled chicken like salmon like today for my dinner i just had salmon potato and um greens so no so, rafferty's or kingsley's or yeah anything. that's what i'm saying like i'll be, be craving i'll be craving like wings and and burgers and stuff and i can't even eat that like it sucks so you know i i know your story a little bit coming from georgia military college uh i was never really a part of your recruiting process i remember seeing you for the first time on campus as a recruit and i'm like damn this dude is huge so why don't you speak on, uh, you know, coming from Georgia Military College and even before that, how you got there and then uh, how you got to U of L through that whole recruiting process? 
Oh, so um, basically, um, coming out of coming out of high school wasn't really recruited as high because I was kind of undersized and everybody was just looking past me. So um, uh, hold on, had, uh, hold on, one second. Undersized, and I gotta yeah. dig in a little bit deeper to that. Have you had like yeah, a growth spurt or something? To, you would have to um, look at pictures and stuff to see what I mean when I say undersized. So all right, man, like, I mean, that's our homework, fellas. We're diving yeah, into the old yeah, school pictures of Yaya. Right. Okay, all right. I just want to go ahead. Yeah. So coming out of high school, I was like, um, I was a good height. I was like six two. Six two, six three ish, um, two hundred and five pounds. So it's like nobody was like really looking my way, and I had a um a coach. He was like, "Dang, he like um, you're very talented, so you should try to go junior college." So, um, I had a a teammate, me and him. We both we both went up there um to try out for the um JUCO team at Georgia Military. So I actually actually had to walk on. But the good thing about it is when I got to Georgia Military, um right before the right before fall camp, they was like, dang, this guy is actually good. So let's hurry up and put him on scholarships. So I had to <laughs> so I had to hurry up and um get that situated and get put on scholarship and then I had to move into the um little military home. Oh man, and what I, was that? Was- that it was terrible. And I'm <laughs> telling I'm talking they I had to I had to cut my hair. They talking about they gave me like certain clothes I had to wear every day. It was just terrible. Like but the good thing about it is I made some really close friends being in there because we that's all we do is see each other every day we in a little tight space bump beds oh man you got you got sounds like boot camp (laughs) yeah exactly you got like four people sharing sharing one bathroom it was it was terrible did you have to like wake up to trumpets and do call to attention and all that standard exactly yeah yeah really yeah i have to wake up every morning get dressed and and go downstairs and get ready for formation. And it was like terrible. Like it was one, it was one day where where they woke us up like early. We like, dang, today's supposed to be our little off day, but it's because we had the same <laughs> happy birthday to the oh. building. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm oh like, wow. Wow. It was funny though. It was fun though. So so, how did you get to U of L? Who recruited you uh, to go to Louisville? And uh, explain uh, that process and everything, just a it little was, bit. Um, it was Coach Avi, man. Like just talking to Coach Avi every day and just seeing the love he has for the game. It just and then when I went, when I came on my visit to Louisville, it was like my mom loved it. My mom loved it. She seen how um, Coach Avi interact with his players and. And I could just see the love he has for his players, and and when I got to Louisville, it was it was just the same. Like he didn't treat me any different, and and I love that guy, man. Did you ever like the first time you saw him in a game? You know, hit himself in the head, and he's running around and he's slapping people. Like what? Like give me your <laughs> raw reaction to that. It's crazy because he has like a little like a little ritual that he does before um, every game where he comes in the 
locker room and just start hitting players. Like <laughs> it don't matter what position you are, he'll just start hitting you in the head, hitting you in the chest. Like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And me being a new guy, nobody warned me. They were just like, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I'm just sitting there. He just comes to start beating me up. I'm like, dang, coach. Like, I'm trying to get ready for the game. Like, dude's awesome, man. Before we dive into talking about 2022 and the season you had, I want to go back to 2021 and an interesting quote you had before the season. We talked about it on our show quite a bit. It was when you set the sack goal at 10 for yourself, which I don't think anybody thought that that was unattainable for you. Even, you know, not getting there. I think it was one and a half, two sacks in 2021. You had a number that stood out to me and it was seven quarterback hits, right? So seven times you hit the quarterback, didn't get a sack. And there was countless tackles for loss, other stats in there. How did you go about this offseason kind of um, going from being there to actually making the play? Like, what was that th- the big difference for you in 2021 to 2022? So basically, after after 2021, I had to um, I had a meeting with Coach Ivy and we literally broke down like every play, every single play that I that it was like, oh, I'm right there. Oh, I'm right there. So. So we had to. Um, so after we watched film, and I'm like, "Dang, it's crazy!" Because I'm literally right there. Like, what can I do to get right there and actually make the play? So, so me and him, we worked. We worked really hard this off season, and just like he created this new thing where we did our individual in sand, just to be able to move quicker and just do so- stuff quicker. So is this and during it, practice or before or pre-practice? This is, or? This is the summer. This oh, is like man. with no pads on, no yeah. nothing. We just in the sand, just getting after it. We doing our whole individual in the sand, and we looking at other positions, and we like, dang, y'all lucky. Y'all over there <laughs> just just chilling in the in the grass, and we over there in the sand. But it all it all um, worked out, and also went um, came down here to um, Miami with um, Yasir in the summer and we got some great work with some good pass rush um, gurus and it just changed changed my whole mindset of things and it helped me in 2022. That's something that um, Mark Ivey did with everyone because like you weren't the only one that you know was just that close all see all 2021 and was just this close to getting more sacks and turning those hurries into TFLs and sacks. A lot of people on the defensive line turned a lot of their, their hurry stats into, you know, actual tangible production in the forms of sacks and tackles for loss and stuff like that. Yeah. Was that something that Ivy did for everyone and not just you? Yeah, he did it for everyone. Like we are, we all would actually watch film. Like I was really like, as a D-line, we were so close with each other. Like, that's why I love those guys. Like, we were really close with each other. Even though somebody may be starting, we always want to get each other better. So we're going to criticize, like, oh, yeah, you could definitely do this better. And, like, if somebody does something better, we'll be like, yeah, you see how this person did it? This how you need to do it. So we always criticize each other and really uplift each other. And it really paid off. Um, this season, man, I just really wish we um, broke the sack record, but you know, <laughs> man, this away. guy right here was keeping track of all your Jacob was keeping track of all your sacks, <laughs> and the whole season we had this uh, 
this running update, and he would call it Jacob Sack update every week, and he would go back and forth between you and your seer, you and your seer. And that was probably my favorite thing to watch. Sounds weird YouTube. now, guys. It sounds super weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now that we said, now that somebody else says it out loud. Yeah, now we're you, explaining it to somebody. It sounds weird. Exactly. Yeah, it's, Pause. It's weird. <laughs> but what I was getting at is your all's get offs, man. Uh, getting off the first step off the line of scrimmage. It seemed like it was just a split second quicker. You and Yasir both. And that might have made the difference. And that would. Was that because of the uh, the guru, you would say, more, or Ivy, or effort, or a little bit of everything it, all mixed together? It, I feel like it's a little bit of everything. Like, just just the want. Like, me and Yasir, like, we're really close. So, we, we hung out every day. We watch film every day. We criticize each other. He all, like, I could tell, I could say that Yasir helped me a lot this season with just Cause that dude is amazing with his get off, and I was like, "Dang man, I gotta, I gotta get my, I gotta get my get off better like that." Like I'm like, "Like, what are you keying on? Like, what are you looking yeah. at?" And it just what is he keying on? What is he looking at? Like he, that man is, he just he look at every little thing. Like I'd be like, "Dude, like, damn, I'm looking at the same thing," but he just <laughs> he just a little a little bit more, you know, quicker with it, yeah. and it just so so I definitely appreciate him for that and you know it just working together we definitely improved improved a lot this season how much did you and uh Yassir compete in terms of wanting to win the overall you know being the, the number one sack getter on the team like was that a conversation at all man, or was it, it was, like let's just get out there and see what happens man it's crazy because we did a, a new thing in the um defensive room so it's a thing called is a a thing Coach Avi actually brought up is a bat. So every 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 week, somebody somebody's gonna get that bat. So it's it's on whoever gets the most sack that game. So me and Yasir would just be like, yeah, I'm getting that bat, but <laughs> just like a playful way, like yeah, I'm getting that bat. Like I don't know what you're doing, but I'm getting that bat this week. And it just like it just push it just push each other like I feel like with Yasir like he's he's really hard on himself so because because he knows the type of player he is and how people overlook him a lot so so he he always pushed himself like in the first half of the season like he wasn't really being as productive with sacks and actually getting sacks so. Me and him had a like really deep, deep conversation, and I told him, "I'm like, man, you just gotta block out the outsiders and just be you, man. Like, you do certain things that nobody, like, even if I try to do it, I can't do it. Like, you just gotta be you." And I feel like the second half of the season, we just both turned it up even more. And something I'm curious about how how did you you and Yasir's friendship like get started was it was it something where you two just kind of like clicked right off the bat or was it something that kind of built up over time because like when you when you when you watch you two play on the field it's clear that like you guys feed off of each other so like that level of chemistry and friendship doesn't like it, it takes a long time to build that up so I, I'm curious yeah. as to how that all started I feel like I feel like it just it it really clicked in like after after 20 at like mid-season 2021 where where it was like yeah like 
like this guy is both of us. We like, dang, we both want to get to quarterback. We both, we both hungry. We both, we both love this football stuff. So in the off season of um, going into 2022, we was like with each other, like every day I'm talking like, like every day, like we going out to eat. We, we spending time with each other, watching film together. And it's just like, it's just a, a bond that we just, it's just like that's my dog. You feel me? Like we even training that Bomberitos together down here. So it's just like, yeah. Is that is that how we're gonna hear y'all's names read on draft day? Is it gonna say Yaya Diaby and Nasir Abdullah? <laughs> y'all are gonna get a combo <laughs> package in the draft wherever y'all decide. Hey, to. <laughs> hey man, I hope I hope so, man. <laughs> y'all be running some I, nasty picks up, picks up in the league too. I guarantee. Hey, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> So on the field, you know, for you, obviously, you started out, I think it was the first six games of the year. You had a sack in each of the games. Obviously, great start. Um, you, you know, you guys were a huge part of getting those wins against uh, Central Florida and South Florida. But obviously, you know, there were, there were issues against Florida State um, and Syracuse overall. But the, the focal point really, you know, the narrative of the season really changes at Boston College. Take me inside what happened. You, you guys lose that game, obviously, really close game. Uh, what happens moving forward with that, with the team, not even just the defense, but the entire team and the mentality of marching towards a successful season. I mean, even when it looked like you guys might, might not, you know, finish with a winning record or even, you know, close to it in the ACC. Man. Yeah. After that Boston college game, it just, it was a, it was a thing that we did where, um, so me, me, Momo and Yasir, we came together with like, so basically those two are the captains of the team, but I know I'm a leader also on the team. So I'm like, man, nah, this season is not going this way. I'm like, man, we definitely need to have a, a meeting. So Momo being the captain, I told him, I said, yeah, we need to definitely have a meeting. So he went and talked to Coach Satterfield and we had a, a player only meeting. So we all sat down no coaches, no nobody, just players. And we like, dang, like, what do we have to do to just get past, get past losing, just keep coming up close. Like it sucks to just keep coming up close. Like what we have to do, like, so players just start expressing themselves and getting all the, what they got inside of them, getting it out. And, and after that, man, it was just, it was scary. Like, like playing, like I remember just playing the, Wake Forest game, like going um, after the after the first half, everybody coming back to the locker room, like, like, dang, what are we doing? Like, like, let's go, let's go. And next thing you know, second half, we we got history. <laughs> that second yeah, half was history, bro. That we was clear history. That that was one of the most electrifying halves of football I've you know watched in that stadium. I mean, that, that, what you all did on the defensive side of the ball that game was unreal. Was it was a lot of the pressure on Sam Hartman? What I noticed, uh, and I think you guys absolutely killed his draft stock. I think he would be declaring for the NFL draft right now if it wasn't for you, Yasir, yeah. Detail, and all them. Because I mean, he's a two-handed. I mean. He's a one hand off the ball quarterback. So y'all are coming to rake yeah. that thing every single time. And that's, I mean, shoot, half the time, funny, that's what's happening. Funny thing is, before that game, so Coach, I, I, I love the dude. He's a jokester. So he used to um, 
come in the locker room, I mean, the meeting room with a whole bunch of Sam Hartman um, posters. Like, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all let y'all let Sam Hartman um, walk over y'all and just let him be y'all dad. I'm like, dad, like, hey, like that. So, so he literally had um, in our meeting room for the D line, he had like Sam Hartman everywhere. We like, dude, like, what are you doing, like? Come on, coach. Like, this is this not funny. Like, so it was like so going into that game, we already had like a hate for Sam Hartman. So we like, oh yeah, we're gonna prove Coach Ivy wrong and we're gonna get to this guy. So as as that game unfolded, could you could you like just pick up and sense that like he was really starting to feel the pressure? Uh, AKA, after the, was he scared? Right. Cause I remember after the South Florida game, someone asked you a question like kind of similar to that like oh could you like sense that they, they were like get pick, feeling the pressure getting scared sitting back there and and i won't forget like someone they asked you that question and quite bluntly you had like the biggest shit eating grin on your face you're like yeah i could sense he was scared <laughs> yeah. could you sense you, that like, in that it, wake forest certain, game too yeah it's certain quarterbacks where well, you just you could just see them getting frustrated with their own teammates. You like, oh yeah, we got them, we got them. That's <laughs> yeah. that's that's where we want them. And then yeah. it just and then after like we had like five five fumbles straight possessions. I'm like, dang, like this dude, like he just <laughs> it was just funny. It was funny, but it was fun. I want to ask you about a specific storyline that kind of. Uh, took life on its own and ran and there were a lot of funny jokes at least that came out of it but heading into virginia scott satterfield had the infinite infamous quote that he was going to begin um, more involved with the defense and from that point on who you talk to depending on what answer you got about what his impact was on the defense some believe that he turned the defense around um some believed that he didn't do anything i personally thought it would be the funniest <laughs> thing if he turned into coach 30 and came in the defensive meetings and started calling people out and roasting them obviously we know that's not him but let's clear the air a little bit here of what you're you know willing to talk about but what impact if any did scott satterfield have from virginia on uh, i don't know man coach satterfield he just He's not. He's not a. He don't talk, man. He's I. I'll cook Satterfield. He's a. He's a good coach, but I feel like he's more of an offensive guy. All he did was come in our um, defensive meeting room and just sit at the top and just watch how we how we talk and how we break down things and what's the problem in the defensive meet in the defensive unit room and and. It, Really didn't do like a. He didn't have no. Impact you say on. nothing. Just, We're the one yeah. making stops. Yeah. Y'all can't score. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> yeah. It's, the guys, it's the guys in the room, man. It's the guys in the room buying in and just wanting to, wanting to get after it, man. So. It sounds like if y'all remember back in, in elementary school when the principal used to come in and just sit in the classroom, didn't say anything, yeah, and the wow, teacher absolutely. felt like they had to be on their best behavior. Exactly. Uh, but I do appreciate that if somebody made a play, it was like, yo, Sat, you know, knowing he's up behind you. You see that? Y'all got to mm-hmm. score because we're making plays. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, kind of building off that, like, okay, you, you find out on Sunday officially, okay, you're going to play Cincinnati in the bowl game. Literally the next day comes out, you know, Sats going up the interstate to Cincinnati. 
was it motivating? Obviously, playing a rival is already enough motivation, but was it did it add any more like juice to the game knowing that you're playing a team that your coach just left you guys for? Man, you know what really what really amped up all the guys? So so we had a um they sent out a text message at um at nine o'clock telling us to get on our phones for a for a Zoom call. 9 p.m. Right and 9 a.m. And guess who it was? Coach Satterfield. He didn't even have the urge to come to the to the facility and just have a proper exit meeting with the guys and like guys, I got another opportunity. Um, I gotta go. This man did a Zoom call and that just made all the guys like, dang, like, did this guy really care about us or like so all the guys after that, man, it was just it was just like everybody was like, Oh yeah, oh yeah, we gotta beat this team. Like it <laughs> like I'm sorry, like we gotta beat them and we we don't wanna just beat them, we wanna make sure they know the coach they get in, like it's all it's a, it's a whole big story behind it. Oh, that, that is hilarious. Right, let me let me just see if I can kind of visualize this play. I, I don't remember when it was in the game, but the quarterback goes he drops back somebody oh, pressures God, up the middle yeah. he rolls yeah. around and spins directly into right your into arms you. and i've never seen a human being look like they were eaten by a trash compactor before but that's what it looked like how how was that a moment where you just took everything you had out on that poor quarterback like every it, ounce of it, like what had just been going on so it's crazy because um because we knew we wanted to beat the record that game so we was already piling up on sacks. We like, oh yeah, we gotta get there. We gotta beat. We gotta beat fifty. We gotta beat fifty. So that was like going into like the ending of the game. So me and um Yasir, it was a um a a little dime package, a little stunt we had. So before we even ran that play, the um the guard and the tackle they knew we was about to run a stunt. They like, oh yeah, these dudes about to run a stunt because. It got the both the both the best guys on on the same side. They like, oh yeah, they about to run the stunt. <laughs> so they already see seen it coming. So so um we ran a stunt. Yasir uh, went inside and and it's like and the dude, the quarterback, he was so slippery. So I was like, Oh yeah, if Yasir don't get there, I'm gonna get there. So he shed off Yasir, and as soon as he turned around, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got him. <laughs> right there. That poor kid. I mean, yes. you left a turf mark in the ground with him getting up. They had to dig him out of the ground. That was hey, terrible. It's like the, the equivalent of Jadavian Clowney years ago where, you know, he, he had the huge play in the backfield. I mean, that's the closest thing I've ever seen from a, a Louisville side of things. Um, but let's, you know, overall, when you look back on the season – What's the biggest takeaway you have on just, you know, not even just the defense, but everything and how it finished getting to eight wins after how it all started. Uh, what's your just kind of big takeaway personally? Man, I, I really, it was a, it was a pretty good season. I really wish we played better, you know, at the beginning of the season where we didn't have to like play um how I want to say it, like, Back against the wall, was, fighting. Yeah, clock. back against yeah. the wall. Yeah, fighting so hard in the second half. Like 
it was games like the Florida State. I, to this day, I don't know how we lost that game. I really don't know how we lost that game. Like, we was – we had that whole stadium amped up. Like, it was just, like, amazing atmosphere. Like, all the fans, they was bought in and they was live and it was amazing. And we just – we just couldn't pull through. So it was like games like that that had everybody frustrated and like, dang, like, what are we doing? And, but I feel like overall, like, we did really good. Like, on the defensive side, I can just say for the defensive side, like, we played, we played really good. We could have played a little better, but we played, we played really good, better than 2020 and 2021 combined. And for the offense, I felt like, I felt like Brock Brock did Brock did his thing, but at the same time, you know, just you know, having having Malik Malik, it just it changes things, you know, and it just opens the offense more, and it just create better opportunities for him and and the whole offense. And you know, we lost a a good player throughout the season, and it it was kind of hard. Uh, well, keeping things kind of on your teammates just for a second before we move on to NFL stuff, I wanted to ask you uh, about Desmond Tell and Jared Dawson and their improvement, you know, from the past, you know, two year, two, three years. Everybody knows that you guys added Jermaine Lole at the start of the season. You guys lose him. But, I mean, the interior D-line, that nose tackle position is just as pivotal on that D-line and in that defense specifically as any D- as any position on the field. So, I know they're, you know, avid users of that uh, hand machine in the weight room where they punch and everything like that and extra work. Uh, What kind of other stuff were they doing that – was it the scheme or was it them and the extra work? You know, what was it that amped them up to the next level this year? So you'll be – you'll actually be surprised. Um, Desmond Tell and um, Dawson were, like, best friends. I'm talking they're always, always together, even though they were fighting for the – for the same position, position, them guys was always together working. I'm talking, trying to get each other better. They watching, you know, watching film together and just pushing each other every day in practice. It was like, it was like, dang, if you don't see Dawson, boom, you see Tail. Like, it was just a whole back and forth. Like, it was so hard for Coach Ivy, like, every week for him to be like, dang, is this gonna be my starter for this week? Is this gonna be my starter? It was just, it was just awesome. Just them two guys, how they just grown, and it just, I, I really can't wait to you guys. For Desmond Tell, you guys have seen a little glimpse, but he's about to explode. And then for Dawson, oh, nobody's seen Dawson, the real Dawson. You see, in practice, we see Dawson. And, and you know, we know Dawson. Like Dawson, man, I never seen such a more powerful dude. He's than, so damn uh, strong, man. He's so he puts strong. up shockers on a on a man, center, bro, and it's a wrap. I'm telling you, the dude is so strong. He just he just got to be bought in, and I feel like this year he's definitely gonna be bought into the to the system and the scheme, and he's gonna explode. He's gonna be one of the best best. Um, tackles in uh in in college i'm telling you well you guys heard it here first i mean last year we had Derek and tp on right and yeah they're telling us preseason mm-hmm. they're like this d-line you know this d-line is going to be the shit this year like it's going to be one of the better d-lines that you've seen and we're like 
I mean, really? I mean, they haven't, you know, we haven't added much. It's the same guys, you know. And he's like, both of them are like, no, wait and watch. So you guys had a phenomenal year, obviously set the tone for yeah. the defense. So we're counting up. We're going to hold you to those words. So we're going to say, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. And, and you guys, and you guys just look out for, look out for my dog, Gelati. That, that dude there, mm. him and, him and Mason. Oh yeah. Oh, they're, that's they're gonna yeah. Be, dog Mason. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be, they're going to be right, right across from each other. And they both going to be hunting, hunting to get to the quarterback. It's just going to be like a, like a me and Yasir hunting to the quarterback. They're going to be like, Hey, first one there. Let's see it. Oh, I can't them wait to guys, see that. Yeah. Them two guys going to kill it. Transitioning a little bit to current day and prepping for NFL draft, that whole process been, especially with the lead up to the senior bowl that's coming up uh, next week. How's that uh, preparation and process been? Man, it's, it's been good, man. Like every, like down here in Bomarito, every day they have something, something to line. So like Monday we'll do, um, Monday we'll do, we'll do field work. Then Tuesday we'll do, um, um, skill work like pass rush and working on pass rush and we'll still work on our on our form for um for running and then Wednesday we'll have a like today we had like a, a nice little pool day where we're running in the pool and just just getting our body body right and and it's just like like the the way they have things set up here at Bomarito it's kind of it's kind of new it's not new for me because I, I've done it my whole life, but just the way they have things aligned up every day where you do different things every day, it's just it's just really awesome. What what are they telling you in terms of positional fit, what they kind of see you as in terms of, you know, scouts, the feedback you've gotten so far? I mean, you obviously yeah. played this season in the 3-4 outside. Um, I, I think you could play as a 4-3 defensive end. I think you could play as a 3-4 stand-up, uh, you know, as an edge or it, with your hand in the dirt. What are you kind of seeing or what are you being told as to what they kind of see you at yeah. next level? So so basically most teams, most teams see me um, doing both, putting my hand in the dirt and also being on the edge. But some most most of the teams are giving feedback to me being on the edge. And for me – for me, I really don't care where I'm at. I just know I'm a, I'm gonna kill it wherever I'm at, and that's my mindset. And you know, um, I'm like I'm like one of those players. Like, coach, you put me here. I'm a I'm gonna excel at wherever you put me. So, for me, you know, I'm just I'm gonna just be blessed with the opportunity that I get with any team I'm with, and just know, like, for whatever team get me, they're gonna get a a guy that's going to come in and put in the work every day. Have you already had like preliminary discussions with scouts and whatnot from various teams? Um, well, during the season I, I have, but right now uh, I really haven't. I feel, uh, I think once I go to the um, the senior bowl this weekend, I'm going to interact with a lot of, a lot of um, coaches and scouts. Is there any, is there any coach that you want to meet? Like, is there anyone that if there you could just you know walk up and shake his hand and say what's up, coach? Is there a single person you have an interest in meeting like that? I mean, I don't know, man. I don't, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. For me, I it's, I ain't really, I ain't really too. It's like with me, with me, I'm such a college guy. Like everything I know is college football. Like I really don't 
pay too much attention to the, the, to NFL. the league, to the NFL like that. Yeah. So it's like certain guys I, I love to watch and when they come on, I'm definitely tuned in. But it's like certain teams when they play, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is not gonna be a good game. So I don't really be <laughs> tuned in. So so yeah. Who who would you model yeah, your game after most? That dude defensive uh, would, in the NFL. I would say um I would say like a like a Khalil Mack or a Miles Garrett with somebody with just such power and just somebody that can just bend and and just get after the quarterback by any means. All right, last question here. What are you going to miss about Louisville the most? Man, I'm a, everything. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to miss the guys in the locker room, the the amazing, amazing fans, and the coaches, even though they're not there no more. But I'm glad they kept the – Best guy in the building. That's right. They kept the damn best one. Yeah, yeah. They kept the best one. They they kept the best guy in the building, Coach Ivy. And I and I'm just I'm just happy that he's still gonna be there for the uh for those guys so they don't have to feel like they um it's just a outsider. You know, Coach Ivy's always gonna be real with you no matter no matter how you take it, he's definitely gonna be real with you and it just just everything about about Louisville, man. The, you know, just everything, man. I'm gonna miss it, man. Just because a lot of the newcomers have been like trying to experiment with all the food joints. Is there a specific food joint you're gonna miss here in Louisville other, more so than others? Man, uh, I would say, uh, um, I don't know. I done, I done ate so many places, and it just like me and me and Sid, like we just. We just was on the like explore, like we just wanted to explore Got some junkies, the whole, some food junkies. I'm <laughs> telling you, like it's crazy. That's why. That's why I'm telling you guys, like the way they got me eating here, like I'm not used to this. Like it's just, <laughs> I was just like, I I gotta, but I know it's gonna be um helpful for my body and my performance. So you know, I'm just bought in and just going with the process. Well, I know that uh, Louisville fans will be behind you along the way. And uh, me personally, I'll be watching for that jersey going on sale wherever you end up. And we'll be rocking that on Sundays next year. Uh, man, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, you probably should be eating right now, I would imagine. I'm not a nutritionist, but I would say hey, that they, they would want us to encourage you to you, eat more. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, after after this call, just know I'm, I'll be eating something. <laughs> going for the grilled chicken. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you. I'll be You're going to go right. eat a burger. Yeah, yeah. You can have Keep your grilled chicken. That's rough, man. That's a rough one right there. Oh, what's wrong? I was about to go be rich and go play with (laughs) the dream in the NFL. I'm going to go sit in my house and eat my burger. That's right. Well, Yaya Diaby, thank you so much and best of luck to you, man. Uh, We'll be watching the next couple of weeks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.